Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Island Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out for Living Sisu. Living Sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active, it's for active people. Enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off, BodyLogix, the Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted. Roan, Lululemon for men, 20% off. Online stretching programs with Eccentrics, one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun. And it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm a part of it. A bunch of other athletes are a part of it. So it's free to join. It takes 20 seconds to have to get exclusive offers to your sport. And it's definitely worth worth it. So do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living Sisu's membership. It's free, 20, takes 20 seconds. So go do it and we'll see you there. Living Sisu is a great company. We uh, we know one of the co-founders, Zach Fricali. He's a great guy. He... Uh, He's the co-founder and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at, uh, at Living Sisu and with a bunch of elite athletes. And you learn a lot from like the athlete's determination, the resiliency, everything to what me, made them become successful. So it's been a great experience so far. So go on. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the description. So uh, go sign up. Welcome back to another episode of On the Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest, former professional hockey goaltender and Stanley Cup champion in 2015 with the Chicago Blackhawks and 2017-2018 World Championship bronze medal winner with Team USA, Scott Darling. Scott played 11 seasons of professional hockey in the Southern Professional Hockey League, East Coast Hockey League, Central Hockey League, American Hockey League, the Ebel and the National Hockey League. Scott won the 2015 Stanley Cup with the Chicago Blackhawks and spent five seasons in the NHL with the Blackhawks and the Hurricanes. Scott played his junior hockey days in the North American Hockey League, the U, the United States Hockey League, and the EJHL before playing two years NCAA Division I hockey at University of Maine before turning pro. So this has been an episode on the making, Scott. So welcome to the show, Scott Darling. Oh, thanks for having me, buddy. This will be fun. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad uh, you picked up the phone when I uh, messaged you and like everyone's super excited to have, to, uh, like, have this episode that I've talked to. So to, but to start things off, like how have you been? Like you've been uh, a bit of a comedian recently. So like how's everything with that? And like how did that get started? Yeah, man, I, uh, you know, like, like you said, I was fortunate enough. I, you know, I played goalie for 25 years of my life and then got to play pro for 11 years and had a pretty wild ride, like doing it, you know, 19 pro teams and lived all over the world. And it, it was a good run. And then um, I retired and, you know, I needed something new in my life. I, I needed something to like get out of bed in the morning. And so I, uh, I started working for Barcel sports and then, you know, I always loved stand-up comedy and I finally, you know, got the, the gumption to do it. I started like four months ago and it's been going great. I'm, I'm already traveling with a, with a real comedian. Um, 
so I'm just like his opener or whatever. Um, but it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. It's fun to have the freedom to like speak your mind because when you're you're playing, you you know you're attached to a, like a franchise, whatever team you're playing for. So you don't want to like upset anybody or say the wrong yeah. thing. But now, uh, as a retired person, I can just be myself and like you know my humor is very dark, so I can like make jokes and like not have to worry about frust like frustrating like my owners you know what I mean yeah. so it's been a lot of fun yeah because I, I always see like your Instagram stories and you're like and especially like when you're up in like Carolina you're like yeah sorry I was I was such a shit show in Carolina there it's so, like what like how much fun is it just be able to say what you want just do what you want especially now since you've you're you've retired well, it's so much fun. Like even it was fun to do the shows. We did five shows in Carolina and they, I, you saw the visual that they put on the, the wall behind me. Yeah. Like it was super fun. Cause I, you know, I was not good when I played for Carolina. I was, I was great when I played for the Blackhawks, but I was not good in Carolina. And I actually blame that on their system. Um, it's not very beneficial for goaltenders. That's why I call it the goalie graveyard because every goalie who's ever played there, just like their career died there. And I'm one of them. Um, but it was fun to go back to Carolina and kind of like, I'm just a jokester. I don't mean it like actually like offensively. I just, but like, if I'm in Carolina and I'm doing comedy, I'm going to make fun of Raleigh. I'm going to make fun of like the people, like all this stuff, but I don't actually mean it intentionally like to be mean. It just, you know, you're at a comedy show, like we're just having fun. And so it was fun to go back there and kind of like rip on, you know, Raleigh and, you know, but I, I always like apologize afterwards. So I'm like, you know, I'm so sorry because I was so bad. Like, you know, so, so people know it's kind of like endearing. Like people know, I don't actually mean it like to be mean. I'm just joking around. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's funny. Especially like, I'm sure everyone loves it too. Especially like when you are cracking those jokes about the team and, or, and yourself, like everyone's just smiling, having a good time laughing. And it just makes for a whole better show when that, when that's happening. Well, that's the goal, right? You want, you want people to laugh. And uh, like I said, I, I do say like shitty stuff, but I, I always like make sure people know I'm, I'm just joking. Like yeah. uh, it's like, I'm not actually trying to offend you. I'm just, I'm fucking around. Like, you know. Yeah. So you started four months ago. It's so like, how far have you come since like your first show to like your past show, which is like number show number five, I think you said. So like, how have you changed as a comedian since then? Like maybe you're nervous your first one, and then like you're comfortable now after your fifth. Yeah, one. my first one. So I was so lucky. I I because uh, I've always watched comedy. I always go watch stand up, and I was at the Laugh Factory, um, just watching his show. And this comedian went on. His name's Ray Westbrook, and he was so funny. And he had the darkest sense of humor, and he talked about killing his kids on stage. And then I was walking through the lobby. I was going to take a piss. I was like on a date. Like he recognized me from playing from the Blackhawks. And he introduced me to his son. His son was there and he was talking about killing. I'm like, dude, you're my people. Like that's my type of sense of humor. And so he's the one who got me because I told him, I was like, I would love to try it, but I, I don't have the balls to do it. And he dragged me out. He drove me. We went to, uh, Valparaiso, Indiana, 
He goes, open for me. If you don't like it, I'll never ask you to do it again. And I bombed. It was so bad. I did like eight minutes and, but I had so much fun doing it. And so since then it's been like guns ablazing. Like I I've probably done like 150 mics. I've done um, comedians are a little catty bitches. So you have to save mics. And then, and then I've probably done like 20 shows, but I've been currently like touring with this guy who's like a real comedian. Like he has like Amazon specials and stuff like that. Ian wow. Bag, and he's the man. And I, I was so fortunate because he's Canadian. He's a huge hockey fan. And he heard my friend, Luke Gadzik, who used to play for the Oilers. Was it some charity event with him and like mentioned to him that I was doing stand up? So Ian reached out to me. And so now I'm doing this thing. So like, I, I was just so lucky that I kind of like, my trajectory has been very quick. Like, you know, most people don't get these opportunities, but I'm so grateful. And like Ian's the best, like he's the man. I love him. Um, but so I've been doing it with him and, you know, doing like real shows like around the country. So yeah. um, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. that That's awesome. So how, how quickly you know, like came up and like how the trajectory is, especially now with uh, like goaltending is not that quick of a trajectory. So like just to have it as comedy, like and you're touring everywhere, have like a your own like stand up comedian that you're touring with. So like, what has been like your favorite places that you've gone to or or gone to tour with them? Um, I mean, we've only done ten shows together, but um, we have more coming up, but. I mean, everywhere is fun. It's just the fun part is like, I've lived so many places that like, I can relate to like anywhere that I'm at to yeah. like, you know, kind of make it, you know, we did Houston the first time and, you know, you make jokes about, I was sitting next to this guy on the plane when I was flying to Houston and he told me like Houston's like the most overweight city in the country. And he was like, make fun of that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I get up on stage and everyone in the crowd is like skinny and handsome, handsome guys, beautiful women. And I'm like, fuck this guy. Like I had this whole joke plan about like, you know, stabilizing chairs. But like it's not going to work because you guys are all beautiful, you know, stuff like that. Like, and then obviously Raleigh was like pretty easy to like make jokes about because I lived there for two years. And then we got, uh, what do we got? Milwaukee coming up. And then I think I might do Seattle too. And I grew up, in Seattle. So, um, could do that easy. I played hockey for the Milwaukee Admirals in, in Milwaukee. So, um, and then we're doing Chicago. And so it, I don't know, you just got to think of jokes, like make it relatable to the people that are in the room. And so it, it it's, uh, it's fun. I, I, I really enjoy it like way too much. Like I enjoy it so much. That, that's awesome. That you found like what you, what, like that path after, after your after your career came to a close and just you're able to do this now and like it's gone far way farther than I probably than you probably would have expected at the beginning and like you're just having a ton of fun and why not keep why not stop just keep doing it keep enjoying yourself yeah yeah I don't know I don't know if I'll ever get to the point where I have like a, 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 again sorry for the dogs um um if I ever get to the point where I have like you know a Netflix special or something but um all I know is I, I'm trying my hardest at it. It's kind of like how I operate 
you know, just like hockey, it's like, yeah, no, you know, it's like, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to leave it all out there. And if I don't get there, I'll have no regrets. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, I don't, I don't know if I, I have it like to be like, you know, a real comedian, but yeah, sorry, this is, (laughs) um, (laughs) and that's scary. (laughs) They love each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we'll see. And no matter what, it's, it's, it's fun. So. Absolutely. That's all, that's all that matters. That is fun. And you're enjoying it. And you're, you're also part of Barstool. Like you said, you were, you said earlier and like you were recently in the spin chicklets cups, like how, how's working with Barstool and then going on to like these like unreal, like events, like the spin chicklets cup. Oh, they're so much fun, man. Like, I've done three of them now. We got one coming up in Fort Lauderdale. Um, they are they're some of the most fun weekends that you could imagine. Cause like, yeah, you got to do this stuff like the meet and greets and hang out with people yeah. and whatever. But the people who work at Barca are so great and there's so much fun to hang out with. And like we have a fucking blast. Like, like we're playing hungover pretty much every, every <laughs> game. <laughs> And this last one, we moved up to the top division and we got our asses kicked. Like, cause these people play like real roller hockey and like, we're all yeah. just has-beens. Like, I'm not a forward, you know? They always <laughs> ask me to play goalie. I'm like, no, never, no. never, never playing goalie again. <laughs> and, but we went out there and this one, we played on a Olympic size rink in oh. Buffalo. And the other two, we'd been playing on like mini rinks and I was so bad. Like the first game, would you guys stop, please? Um, so bad because I kept like I played D. I have a defensive mindset. Yeah, and so I was like turning early, and I turn around, people are going wide on me, and they're still like a hundred feet behind me because I was used to playing on these mini rinks. Give me one second. Would you guys? I'm gonna put you upstairs. Sorry, this is my life. What a life. But, um, yeah, um, first game I was terrible in Buffalo, but then I got the hang of it. Um, but uh, we had a lot of fun, like, filming. It was a great setup, and, you know, there's a lot of good content that came out of it, so. It seems like fun from, like, all the videos that Barstool puts up and, like, did, were you were you heated in, in one of the games? I don't know if that was you or Wit was trying to pull you out or something like that. Oh, Wit benched me. He benched me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He called me off and he's like, "Darling, change." I was like, "Anytime," because like <laughs> I'm also out of shape. I haven't worked out in like a year and a half. So I was like, "Yeah, get me off the get me off the rink. I don't I don't care." And then uh, he benched me. And then games two and three, I, I mean, I'm not trying to brag, but I, I kind of was awesome so um but I, yeah i'm not a goal scorer I, i'm a stay-at-home d-man and like i always joke that i i i don't wear gear like i don't wear pads but i can't help but block shots like i literally lay out for shots and i'm like why am i doing this like i leave these tournaments all these bruises i'm like what are you doing just let them fucking score I'm like who cares but i just can't help it because i have a goalie mentality so that, that's still still fun but you're uh leaving the 
leaving the games with uh, some bruises, some battle scars, but uh, you're like, but you have that defensive mindset and like you're, you played goal your entire life. So you're like, I got to block it. I got to block it. Even though you're like, should I should let them score. Yeah. You need to pay me more for me to do that, but I just will do it. I don't, you can't help. <laughs> a- absolutely. But like, what, what has been like the differences between like when you've been like on the ice compared to like what you're doing roller. I know. I mean, I mean, you're drunk half the time that you're playing roller, but like, just like the skill side of the game as well, like with roller. Well, it's hard. Cause like, I actually played, um, I played in the world championships roller as a goalie last year. It's called Narch in California. And it's so much different from playing ice. Cause you can't slide, you can't shuffle, yeah. you can't. So I ended up just playing on my knees cause I'm big enough. I'm six, six. So I just like went post to post my feet and just like played in my hands. <laughs> Like, cause I was like, I can't shuffle. I don't know what to do. Like, like this team's paying me to be here. I'm an ice hockey goalie. I'm not a roller goalie. And so, but playing forward, my biggest thing is um, I'm a pussy. Like I don't want to fall. I don't want to crash. I don't want to like run in the boards. You can't stop on rollerblades. Yeah. You know uh-huh. I mean? And so I'm afraid to go full speed because I can rip, like I can, I could go full speed, but like, I don't want to get hurt. So Just I've coasting. been hurt in my life. So like I got 57 broken bones to account for. Like, I don't Shit. want, I don't want to get hurt. So I kind of float around. That's why I'm a stay at home D man. So that's the biggest difference is because like, you can't stop on rollerblades. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like I've, I've played uh roller, like during like the pandemic when we couldn't get on the ice and like, I was like, sometimes some days I'd be ripping on rollerblades and like, I would be, have the same thing. Like, I don't know how to stop on them. I'm not going full speed and then crashing into the boards. And I'd just go, I'd show up with shoes sometimes and just run around the entire time and still, still wheel and ever, and get all the, all the goals in the world from guys that are rollerblading. So it's, it's a bit of a, bit of a different, different like skill set, but it, it whatever works, works. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, the guys we were playing against in Buffalo, they knew they knew what was up. They they were roller players, like they they know. So they were ripping. Like I said, they burned me wide so many times. That's why I got benched. So <laughs> Wait, was not very happy with you at that point. No, but yeah, it's but... it's all it's all fun and games. Like yeah, you you put on these personas to like make video content and be funny. Mm-hmm. Like you know. <laughs> Yeah, and everyone enjoys them. So, like, just keep doing what works. And, like, Barcelona yeah. has, like, a name for being the most funny, like, content, like, there's ever been. So, like, just to have, like, be part of Barcelona and be able to create content like that with, like, guys like Biz, Wit, RA, all of them, like, nothing better. Yeah. Oh, Biz is the king of content. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's always fun just watching, watching what he does and, like, when he does, like, do like the spin chicklets and all that, the podcasts and just content, like the golf, like you're always in for a good time. Oh yeah. He's, he's the best. And like, he, he is honestly, I can't think of anybody else like in the media world that can, you know, bring the people and bring the laughs like that, that he can. And like, I I'm lucky I get to see it, you know, um, with the Barcel stuff. So he is, he is a unicorn. He is amazing at that yeah that that's on that's unreal and like that's all that's all you live for like when you do watch like videos like that you just want to have laughs and 
I can attest to that. Whenever you're watching Barstool, like you're always laughing the entire the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I want to get into your your career a little bit here. So you grew up in Virginia in in news uh, Newport News, Virginia. So like, what was what was it like growing up in Newport News, and then just like finding your love for hockey? Well, I didn't really grow up there. My dad, I grew up military. Um, so my dad was stationed there. I was born there. Then we got transferred to uh, a town outside of Tacoma, Washington and Washington State. And so I kind of grew up there. And then we got transferred to a town in Alabama. And then in second grade, my dad realized I was good at hockey. And so he left the military and moved back to Chicago. My parents are from Chicago. And so we moved back to Chicago. So I was in a more hockey friendly atmosphere, you know? And so we moved back here and like, I've been a suitcase my whole life. Like I was Chicago from second to seventh grade. And then I started, I went to prep school in Canada. And then I started playing junior hockey, like all over the place. So I've just been like moving around my whole life. And then, you know, once I retired, I finally, I'm in Chicago now. I, I finally like settled I'm in Chicago. But yeah, since I was born, I've been moving my whole life. Yeah. And like you uh, seen so many different places, especially like during your career and everything, especially like going from like in your professional career from the SB all the way to the NHL, you're seeing everything. So yeah, then you 19 pro teams. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a bit of a suitcase for sure. But like what comes with suitcases, like finding good, good places to live and like enjoy when you're when you're out. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I'm a foodie, too. So, I mean, and like I told you, that's like a fun thing about comedy. So wherever I'm going to do, I have like one degree of separation from anywhere in the country. Yeah. The only state I haven't been to is Hawaii. Um, and I've been to every province of Canada. And it's like Hawaii is my last one I got to get to. But it's like I go anywhere. I can relate to the people there. It's like, oh, like. North Dakota, like, yeah, you ever been to Bismarck? Like, I, you ever done, you know, you know, the U.S. national curling team is there, like, whatever, just stuff like that. It's, um, so it's fun. I've lived a very, very full life, we'll say. And I got to play in Europe too. And like, that was that amazing. true. Yeah. Uh, I love Austria. Like, I would literally live there again, like, not even play hockey. I would just live there. I had, I enjoyed the Alps a lot. You see yourself going to Hawaii anytime soon to finish off that that uh, fifty states road trip? No, because like my thing is I love traveling. Like I, I think I got like thirty four countries under my belt, and if I ever have enough time, because it's like a seven hour flight from Chicago. Yeah. If I have time, I'm gonna go overseas. I'm not gonna go to Hawaii. Because I hate the sun. Like, if you can tell my my complexion, I, I'm i not a sand beach guy. I've had sun poisoning 12 times. Like, I, I don't want to go lay on the beach. Yeah. So, if I ever have the time, I'm going to go somewhere else. But, I mean, eventually, maybe I'll, I'll get there, just, like, check it off the list. But, um, yeah, as of right now, I have no plans to go to Hawaii. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe maybe one day in the very, very far future, if you just want to knock that off the checklist, but 
not anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. It's just too expensive and a long flight to go sit on the beach, which I don't do. I which hate you don't beach. like, yeah. Yeah. So so it's a bit of a different uh two worlds not colliding. Yeah. Yeah, but what uh what made you like enjoy the sport of hockey? Like what got you into it and like what like the position of goaltending? Like what how did you become a goaltender? So my dad was a goalie. Um he he played like club in college. And when I was a little kid, he played men's league. And so I just go watch him all the time. And like, you know, you always want to impress your dad. Like, yeah. you know. Um so and also I love the gear. Like I'm a gear whore, like I still am. Like I love designing my own gear when I was playing and, you know, my mask and stuff like that. But so just watching him growing up and then, yeah, I played for a team that was like, you rotated who played goalie and I sucked at forward. I was terrible. So I played goalie one time and they were just like, you stay there. Like we're gonna you're, you're a liability at, at forward and if you're yeah. on the on the ice for uh forward defense but goalie that's your yeah. that's your go-to they're like, you, they're like that's where you should be and <laughs> that was when i was five and then i had never left the net since and you know obviously my dad played so like he was a good you know goalie coach for me and um I ended up being way better than he was, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's how I got into it. And yeah, it's just, it's just something, you know, people have like a knack for like something and that was my thing. Yeah. So like, what's been like your favorite pad that you've designed throughout like your, your pro career, like what was your favorite, like, you're like, yeah, this is the one I, I really enjoyed creating. Oh, uh, I mean, there's a lot of them. Um, but one of the, the funnest ones of design was when I was playing Carolina, we had like the Hartford Whalers night. Yeah. And so I designed these old retros with like the whale tail on the bottom. And that was fun. Um, but my big thing was masks because like I, I draw too. Yeah. And so I would like draw out the design and then the artist would make them, you know, better. But I really enjoyed, you know, creating like mask ideas. That was more my thing. And I collected every mask that I had during my entire career. Like in my basement here, I have like, you know, probably 30 helmets like lined around the room. So uh, that's sick. And it's so like, what do you have a favor, a few favorites that you designed for your mask or are all of them like a favorite because you put so much time and effort into it? Well, I like my I, I like my Chicago mask because being from Chicago is fun and there's so much stuff here like like my Stanley Cup mask that I have like framed over here like you know you sneak in a Portillo's hot dog you sneak in like the Navy Pier Ferris wheel the Blues Brothers you know yeah. and I did uh, a Wayne's World mask that, that was cool and then I did an MJ tribute mask like Michael Jordan. That one was cool. Um, Carolina was a little harder to do because, I mean, no offense to Carolina, but there, like, wasn't that much going on. So it was a little harder to, like, be creative with those masks. But my Chicago masks, like, all of them, like, I would hide stuff in my masks. Like, I would subtly, like, put in, like, a, a clear, like, glossy, like, Cubs logo 
or Bulls logo, like in the mass that you couldn't see on TV, but they yeah. were they're there, you know. So I like doing stuff like that. Yeah, I, I do remember your Chicago mass, and I can say that they're they're sick. And like I've always I've always enjoyed those Chicago masks, but even the, like you point out the details, like that even makes it makes it even sweeter. Yeah. Yeah, but then you go into like you're playing youth hockey throughout throughout the world, and you go into Quasity Express, and then you go to CYA, which is a big, big AAA organization in the Chicagoland area, one of the best in the in the state. So, like, what was it like to go through like youth hockey, especially like AAA, and just being in a good organization like CYA? Yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, I was so lucky. I was kind of in Illinois hockey. I was, I would say, I was the best eighty-eight birth year goaltender in you know, youth hockey. So I'm not trying to like brag, but, um, <laughs> but so this, the TI first team, Illinois, and then all of us moved to CYA and CYA was great. Um, it, I was lucky enough. We got to play in the, the PB world championships in seventh grade up in Quebec. That was a great experience. Like you're in seventh grade, you're playing in front of 20,000 people. Like, wow, it was, it was wild. And then we actually lost in the semifinals to Detroit little Caesars, which we had beaten four times that year. We were four and all against them. And we lost one, nothing in overtime in front of 20,000 people. Uh, and that's, I mean, it's still a great memory. It was a fun, fun tournament to play in, but um, yeah, I mean, Honestly, that like you got to thank your parents at that point because like yeah. the uh, I lived in the south suburbs and I had to go to Skokie every night to practice. It was an hour drive. My dad would get off work, he'd be home for five minutes, and then we'd go. And I'm like, now looking back as an adult, I'm like, how? Thank you so much. Like you know, like it took so much time and money out of your life yeah. to give me the opportunity to get to where I got. And so I always think about it like that. Like, I just, I thank my parents so much for putting in the work and spending the money so that I got to make it to the NHL. And like, I try and pay back the favor. Like my dad's not with us anymore, but my mom is. And so I try and, uh, you know, return, you know, what I can yeah. do for them. Yeah. And like hockey is such a commitment, especially time and money, especially with, especially being a goalie, like you're already spending thousands plus dollars on gear and then travel to with like the team fees and all that. But just as you get older, like you realize like all the things that your parents do for you and you're like, wow, like I'm growing up. I never, I never like thought of that, but like growing up when you're older, really like, thank you. Like you, like you just said. Yeah. And it's, and even me, cause I, I grew really fast. So like, they had to buy me gear all the time. Like, you know, I was like, Oh my God, like gear is like a set's like 1200 bucks at that time. It's like, all I can say is thank you so much. Like, you know, and it's just, it's crazy how, how fast time goes. And like when you're playing youth hockey and then you go up the levels, like, wow, like you just thank Cause like, that's just another opportunity. And like, it's because of like the commitment that you and your family have had throughout that time to help you get to that next level. Yeah. So then, then you go into the North American League after your 
after your year in, at CYA where you were with the North Iowa Outlaws for eight games. Like, what was, what was that opportunity to get – or how did you get into the Null from CYA? And, like, did you go to, like, tryouts or did you just get drafted to the Null? Or, like, what what led to so, that opportunity? Yeah, so I played in uh, the CSHL in Quad City, like you mentioned before. And then I got drafted into the uh, – by North Iowa – and then I went there my, I think it was my junior high school. And, and I was like the backup third string goalie, like hardly played. And then I was, I was still there my senior year of high school. In my first game of the season, I got lit up. I got absolutely dusted. I got yanked like 17 minutes into the game and they cut me and that was it. You know, I, at that point, my mindset was like, well, I'm done with hockey. My parents are like, just come home. Like you gotta, they're worried about school. So they're like, yeah, just come home. So I transferred back to my high school in Lamont. And I was like, you know, mom and dad, I was like, I'm not giving up on, on hockey. And so I, that's how I ended up in the EJHL. I found a team that needed a goalie. I had never heard of the EJ, but went to New York, you know, did a little tryout practice with them. And they're like, yep, we'll sign you. And then, you know, transferred to the school out there and then had the best 27 games I've ever had in my life and committed to Maine and got drafted in the NHL and, you know, went from there. Yeah. So you'd go to the, to EJ and like you're, you said, like you're not giving up a hockey at that time and you're just working your way and then you sign an EJ deal with uh, with the cap with the district team and then you play in 27 games like what, what was what were those first experiences of junior hockey like and just getting used to the junior hockey lifestyle especially since it is a bit different from when you're playing youth hockey well I mean yeah I've been playing juniors for two and a half years by that point but I mean the EJ the thing that happened was my team was so bad we were the worst team in the league so I was I think my average was like 58 shots a game, which is like crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, but so my goals against was like 3.5 a game, but my save percentage was like 936. Like it was, you know, um, and yeah, I don't know. It was like hard because my team was so terrible, but you know, I, I just got on a heater and got noticed by everybody. And like, it happened pretty quick where, all of a sudden one school asked me on a visit. Then the next thing, every college in the country was asking me to come on visits. And then my second visit was UMaine and UMaine is known for developing goalies. So yeah. they're, when I was uh, deciding to sign there, their last seven starters had played in the NHL, at least one game, all of them. And so the second they offered me a full ride, I was like, yep. I'm in like, that's it. And had to like apologize to all the other schools that I promised visits to, but I was like, I'm going to Maine. It's the best goalie school in the country. So I'm going there. Yeah. You see, you see all those stats of seven goalies making to the NHL at least one game. And you're like, yeah, like if I want to get to the NHL, I have to do whatever I can to take that step. And obviously Maine's doing something well for their goalies to help them get to the NHL level. Yeah. So then you go into after that year with the Capital District selects, you go into the USHL with the Indiana Ice, where you played 42 games and you went on you went on a heater with them going 25, 10, and two. So like what was 
that experience, like playing the top tier level juniors, especially going from the EJ to the Nall, and then getting your shot in the in the USHL. Um, it was it was fun because uh because Ben Bishop was a goalie in Maine, and they try and like time up so that you can come in and back up your freshman year and then play three years. Yeah. Um, so he was there, so they're like take a year, go to USHL, like keep progressing, and. I loved, I loved Indiana. I it, still to this day, the guys in that team, like we're still great friends. We still keep in touch, like all of us. So it was a lot of fun. And, you know, you're young, you're 19, you don't have to go to high school anymore. So like we had some fun, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and the women in fucking Carmel are, <laughs> they are beautiful. Um, but um, so we had fun and, it's great development year. And then I was almost going to play another year of juniors, but then Ben Bishop signed early. So he signed his junior year. So I got to go in to Maine and start as a freshman. So that's kind of how that went down. Yeah. So like, what was that development period? Like going from the, the Nala year before the EJ and then getting your shot in the USHL with Indiana and just being able to like develop, like, you're taking a lot of reps, especially the last couple of years. And like, you're just going into practice, just thinking about the reps you're taking and just to uh, keep developing. So like, what was that development curve? Like, yeah, it was, uh, I always had like my eyes ahead of where I was, you know? So like, yeah. I was, ex I was so excited to get to university of Maine where it, at the time it was the best D one school in the country to play for. So obviously I cared about how I did in Indiana, but like, it, that wasn't the goal it was like you know I wanted to play as many games as I could practice as hard as I could you know get as good as I could before I went to University of Maine but playing the USHL was a lot of fun like the guys on the team like we're still friends to this day it was we had a great we had a great crew and a lot of them went on to be very successful like John Carlson was on my team obviously he's had an amazing career you know, Paul Carrier was on my team. He played in the NHL. Um, we had so many guys do, like, very well from that team. But my focus was always, like, get ready for University of Maine. And so um, that's kind of what I did. Yeah, so then your junior career comes to a con conclusion, and then you find yourself going to University of Maine and being the starter since Ben Bishop signed in the NHL the year before. So you come in start a lot of games playing 27 games your first year which is which is rare for a first year goalie and at the college level so like what did you have like any expectations going in where you're just going to be like, like I'm going to go with the flow just play as many games as I can and get like that development that and get used to the game of NCAA yeah I, I didn't I was like very in the moment when I was in college because like I didn't really have expectations I never even thought about the NHL like, and when I was at Maine, you know, I, I didn't even know how to explain it. I, I, I didn't play great. I always played. It's actually funny. There's actually like statistically, I, I played good the first two months and then I played like shit the second two months, both years. I would have like a 930 save percentage and then January 1st hit. And by the end of the season, I have an 895. I have an 895 both years. And I don't know what it was, but I think it was because, I don't know, I was an idiot when I was, like, 21. Like, I partied too much in college and, like, did that. Like, I tried to be 
a college kid and a D1 athlete. And that's not good. So you don't want to mix. Yeah. So I don't know, but it was a lot of fun. It was very cool. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen like the rink in Humane, the Alphon Arena. Like it's, yeah. it's one of the oldest, like, you know, stadiums in the country. And like, it is a very unique experience. Um, I wish I would have played better. I wish I would have focused on it, but you know, is what it is. I grew up and got over it. And like, that's that. Well, it was the student section as good as it is now when, especially like, now it's like electric was the student section electric back then when you put you man because we were the last rink in the country to not have a net behind the goalies oh so So, you're on top of the goalies yeah it comes right down to the top of the glass the second like the student section so opposing goalies during warm-ups would actually purposely tip pucks into the student section i've seen some trumpet players get taken out like because like they did it on purpose um but it's very cool like unique arena it was it was fun to play there i'm happy i got to do uh two years there did did you get any chirps from like other student sections when you'd go to away games like if you did like what were some of the best chirps that you received um i didn't really get many chirps in college i do have a good story about playing the nhl um i was i was playing the flyers one time we were in philly and like right down the tunnel, you can hear what the people are saying. Like people don't know that on the ice, you actually can't hear what anyone's saying. Yeah. So like, you're wasting your breath. And this guy, the whole game had been chirping me like big time, this fucking loser, like with a tie on, like right in the tunnel. And he was sitting next to this like very attractive girl. And it's the last TV timeout. I'm at the bench getting water and we're losing the game is like four to one like game's over and he just kept going and i was i was already frustrated with the way the game was going so i literally look at him i go dude i will fuck your girlfriend tonight (laughs) and the second i said it the place went like silent so everybody heard me and the whole section started like belly laughing and he went red as a tomato and then i just looked at her and i go and I skated back to the net. That was probably my best one I've had with like the fans. Uh, that's hilarious. And like, that's, that's awesome that the, like everyone started laughing, like it went silent. Like you wouldn't expect uh, like it to go silent, but like when you do say something like that, like everything just goes silent. Yeah. But it, yeah, it was just perfect timing. Like, I don't know why everyone got quiet before I said it and I said it and everyone heard what I said. <laughs> if you're going to chirp, expect to be chirped back at, at sometimes oh yeah yeah but that that's awesome and then you go into your second year of humane so like what was that second year of humane and like just having like that that feel of just like that comfortability especially since like that first year is always like a little like hairy a little like ner- you're nervous but then you go in your second year and you're like come more comfortable so like what was that second year like at humane yeah, see, it went the same way. It went the same way, like where I started out hot, played great until January 1st. And then I, that was it. Like, I, and I sucked the rest of the season. And then, yeah, it, it, I mean, school, school was fine. Like Maine sucks, to be honest. Um, you know, there's nothing to do. It's a s- small college and like whatever, but 
Um, yeah, I went the same way. Like I said, I have the exact same stats both years. Um, so yeah, same as my freshman year. Yeah. So like, what was, what was that transition going from the U show to NCAA division one? Like, obviously it's a step up in like pace and everything. Did you really know, did you notice like the game like got su substantially like faster guys are stronger? Was it kind of like the same? No, I thought that honestly, I thought the USHL was like a better, better players than that I played with in college. Um, obviously, I played against great, like great players. Yeah. But like my my team in the USHL was better than my team at UMaine because um, we had we had a juggernaut like our team in Indiana. Um, but there was obviously some great players on my team, like Gustav Nyquist was on my team, Brian Flynn, Spencer Abbott. They all made it to the NHL. Um, but then you have some duds, um, you know, not trying to be offensive to them because, you know, great guys, but, um, but my team, my team in the USHL was more, I would, could probably beat my team at UMaine. So, yeah. So then you, you experienced, you played two years there before going on to professional hockey. So like, what did, what did you learn? throughout those two years that would help you go into that pro pro level? I learned to not be a moron. So I, like I said, I partied way too much in college. And then I was drafted by the Arizona Coyotes back then it was Phoenix Coyotes, but, um, so went to training camp, they didn't sign me. And then they sent me to their East coast league team in las vegas went to las vegas and as a 20 year old idiot uh i already had too much fun and then you end up in the southern pro league and when i was 21 i like gave my head a shake i was like i i know i have the talent to be good at this yeah so i you know put my nose down started doing the right things stopped all you know off ice activities and just focus on hockey and you know, work my way up from there and, you know, the rest is history. So that, and that's a, that's a tough stretch to overcome, especially going from like, there's only been very few that goes from the SB to, to the show and yeah. then win a Stanley cup as well. So I'm like, the only one or the only one. No one's the ever won the SB to the NHL. That, that's crazy. And like, just to work your way up and like real, and like, it's a hard reality when you like, are partying too hard and then you have to like really like be like if I want to make it to the NHL and go up the levels like I have to stop partying and all that and then just put your nose to the to the grunt to the grind and work way up from there yeah and that's what I did and yeah so I worked yourself on and did that you know I played another year in the SP then one year in the coast one year in the A and then I was lucky enough to sign with Chicago and you know couldn't have worked out better yeah, exactly. So in 2007, like you said, you're drafted to uh, the Phoenix Coyotes at the time, 153rd overall. So what was the feeling like to get drafted to the NHL? And like, where, where were you when you found out? I was actually at tryouts for the Indiana Ice and I was watching it. I thought I was going to go. I thought I was going to draft by San, San Jose told me they're going to draft me. And then I forget what other team pulled me and I was like watching on the computer and I thought I was going to go in the fifth round. And then I got like bummed out because I didn't go. So I stopped, I stopped watching. I had to go to tryouts. I had, you know, to be at the rink. 
And then all of a sudden I got a call from uh, Wayne Gretzky. He was the coach at the time. And so I was like, holy shit. So it was cool to get drafted while I was at tryouts because everyone was like, holy shit, you just got drafted. Like everyone knew I got drafted. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's a crazy story. And like Wayne Gretzky, like there's no no better coach to uh, be calling your name when uh, you get drafted. Yeah. Uh, so Uncle, you got drafted to the Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah, Uncle Wayne. Oh, yeah. So then you go you go to the NHL development camps and all and training camps and all that. It's so like what was training camp like, especially at the NHL level before, like they sent you to the coast and then finally like you working your way down to the SB. It's, I don't it, it's crazy for me because like I'm, I'm a very like anxious, like nervous person and not good in like being, you know, in public or scenes, you know, you would think because yeah. fuck, I just stand up comedy. You would think I'd like, <laughs> you know, um, but I'll just never forget my first uh, training camp with the Coyotes. Shane Doan, when I walk into the rink and Shane Doan was doing a commercial on the ice and he skates off. He's done, and he's the nicest guy in the world. And he's just like, "Hey, I'm Shane," and I'm just like, "Like I went mute, like I couldn't even say anything." Like I was like, so early on in my career, I kind of just like didn't say a lot. I I put my head down, I stared at my shoelaces, like kind of just tried to get through it. But I mean, training camps are hard because they're physically demanding. You got to do, you know, fitness testing and all this shit and you know, skate twice a day and do all this stuff. Um, so I went to a lot of development camps with Coyotes. Then I went to development camp with the, uh, did you hear that? Mm. No. <laughs> Sorry, my dog just farted right in my ear. Um, then I went with the uh, Coyotes. I mean, sorry, I went with uh, the Capitals. Then I did it with Nashville. Um so I, I've been doing this for years and then, you know, finally signed with Nashville's farm team. And then, you know, Chicago, I, I'll never forget the second year we were all throwing up. Like they really gave it to us at fitness testing. And we're, I have videos of all of us throwing up at the same time. <laughs> um, Cause like, you'll never, you'll never know about how hard it is to do like a VO2 test. And uh, there's another bike test that like, they literally kick the shit out of you. It's like the hardest thing ever to do, but you have to do it every year. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Like you said, it's cool to, you know, you meet so many people because there's at that point, there's like, you know, 80 of us um, before everyone gets sent down to like the AHL, the East Coast League or whatever. So, yeah. So then you go, you go to the SPU sign with uh, Louisiana Ice Gators. So, like, what, what was it like to get that step in the door of professional hockey and just to be, like, I like I just want to work my way up the levels and eventually get to the NHL? But, like, you have to folk, obviously focus and stay in the moments. So like, what was that, like, foot in the door of professional hockey at the SB like? Well, I mean, for me at the time, it wasn't a step in the door. It was a step down. Uh, I was, like, bummed that I had to go play for Louisiana. But I was happy I had somewhere to go. Yeah. you know, and play, but, um, yeah, that year was something I still, to this day, I, I love Louisiana. I, it's one of my favorite States and it was, it was, it was too much fun. It was too, cause like we lived on the raging Cajuns campus in Lafayette and it's like going to college without going to class. Like yeah. we were 
you know, I'm 21 and, you know, some people think I'm handsome. I don't know, but at least I'm charming. And <laughs> so, you know, you're just like pulling college chicks and like, they think you're like a pro hockey player, even though you play in the fucking SP. <laughs> it's like, can you buy my drinks? Um, Cause I can't afford them. I'm making 250 bucks a week. Um, and so that, that was a year. And even that team played with a lot of great guys. We still keep in touch. And, but then that was the year after I got done in Louisiana, I, I, you know, smartened up and started, you know, actually trying to get to where I wanted to go. Yeah. And like Louis, like you always, I, I was heard like Louisiana was a great place for, for hockey, even though like it doesn't sound like a hockey hotbed, but like, I've heard like their atmosphere, the atmosphere there was, was pretty good. Would, would you say the same? Yeah. Oh, we had great fans, great people. They're all so nice down there. I love, I, I love playing there. So, yeah. So then, so like, what was like, I always like to have like, what was your like, what the fuck moment in your first year pro, especially like with like the minor levels, like you always get those, like, what the fuck moments, like, what was your, what the fuck moment? I, I, it was like right after the season, I was living in um, my uncle's guest house in Florida and I was working for him. I was setting up um, silent auctions at casinos for like memorabilia. So all I would do is drive casino to casino and like set up the things and then like clean them up afterwards. Would you guys not please? Um, and so I had this day, this epiphany where I was just like, I, I know I can be better. I know I can do better, you know? Yeah. I don't need to be like working for my uncle, like whatever. Like I have the talent to get where I want to go. And I just like, it just snapped. And I was like, that's it. Fuck this. I'm fucking doing it. And like, like I said, I stopped drinking for years and years. And like, I stopped partying. Like my only focus was hockey. And that's what I did for the next four years. And well, I mean, next, I mean, eight technically, but yeah. Yeah. So then, then you were, you worked your way up and you're like, yeah, like I want to get to the highest level possible and you knew you could do it. So then the next few years, you work your way up the chain from Mississippi or going from Louisiana and SB to the Florida Everblades in the, in the coast, the Wichita Thunder of the central league. Yeah. And then Char Charlotte checkers of the AHL. It's like, what was it like to find to like finally find that success and like that drive that you had where you're like, I'm going to keep going up the levels and just uh, get those call-ups every, every single year and just keep working your way up. I mean, it was stressful to be honest, because I went up all the time. I got sent back down. I lived out of a suitcase like for years, like, um, because every time I knew if I, I'd get called up as emergency backup or somebody or something yeah. like it's like I know I'm here for two days and then I'm going back down or whatever but um so it was just but I, I paid attention so every night I would watch the box scores in every league above me and if a goalie didn't finish the game I would call my agent and be like call this team right now like before the game is even over so that I, I'd be the first one in their ear to like yeah get a call up or whatever but um so i did it for years man like literally i i had a duffel bag that i that was it that was my life i had this duffel bag with all my clothes in it and then 
obviously my hockey gear and like like even on my hockey db i think there's 19 teams on there but i was on like 29 teams like but i never played a game so i would just go up back up and then i get sent back down so it was uh there were three years there that were it was a lot of uh what the fuck am i doing with my life kind of thing so yeah, but at least you're advocating for yourself and looking at like the the box scores and all that, and like being like the first guy in like in coaches' ears, because like if you if you're one of the first person people in their ears, like they're most they're more than likely to call you instead of trying to get someone that like they have to search for. Right, and that's why I still tell my friends to this day who are still in the minors, like like do that because like even if you don't play, like they just need somebody. You know what I mean? So it's like, just have your agent call them like first, be first, like pay attention. I always joke with my agent. I was like, why the fuck do I even pay you? Like, I still pay you. It was like, put your kid through college. Um, but like, I did your work for you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that's funny. Especially like, since like, like your, your agent got you, got you a lot. And like, you're just calling, calling him being like, yeah, just give me, give me to this place. Give me to that place. Like just uh, help advocate for yourself a little bit and like get your name out the, out the window. Yeah. Yeah. So then in, uh, in 2012, you got a full-time gig in the coast with uh, Wheeling Nailers before getting a big chance in the American league the following year in Milwaukee. So what was your time to, like developing in Wheeling to really help you go up that next year and excel in Milwaukee? I mean, Wheeling was, Wheeling was great. Um, I was so lucky. I would say I have two, two big uh, bounces in my career. So in Wheeling, they shared a farm team with the, the Penguins and the Canadians. So they had a goalie sent down the fifth string goalie for the Penguins, the fifth string goalie for the Canadians and then me and like right before I was about to get sent down the goalie from Pittsburgh, he had a bad game and he punched the door and he broke his hand. Oh. And so I got to stay and I ended up having a good season. And, you know, when they came back, when he came back, they actually removed him from the team. They put him somewhere else so that I could stay there. And then I got called up to Wilkes-Barre Scranton in the AHL. I never played a game for him. Like I said, it, it happens. Like I, I just backed up for the playoffs for fuck, three months. And um, from there, I got my two-way East Coast League or AHL East Coast League contract. And then that season, Pecorine had to have hip surgery and he got a bacterial hip like infection in his hip. So he was out for like six months. So I got the get bumped up to the AHL and I played for the Milwaukee Admirals and that's the season I ended up being the best goalie in the league and then I you know had my choice of what team in the NHL I want to sign with after that so those are my two lucky uh bounces yeah so then you go to Milwaukee like you said and you're the best goalie in the leagues so like what what did you learn throughout that season to help you be so successful and get to that top top goaltending uh like statistic I don't know if I learned anything. I think I got a little confidence um, because I went to training camp with Nashville. It was the first uh, first time I was actually at a training camp where I felt like I belonged, you know, like I felt yeah. like I should be there. Um, 
you know, you're on the ice with Shea Weber and like all Patrick Hornquist, all these guys. And you're like, and they're not treating you like some bum. They're like, you're, you know, you're here. You're one of us. Like, and so, and Barry Trotz, the coach, he was, he was very, very, very great to me, even though I wasn't going to play for the Preds that season. Like he went out of the way to be like, very, very nice to me. And like, kind of remind me, he's like, you're not like some beer league goalie. Like, like you're here, you're one of, you know, you're one of us. And so I think honestly, just going to training camp with them, it made me feel like I'm here. I, I've arrived. I, I'm doing the thing. And so I think the confidence from going to training camp with Nashville that season and like Barry Trotz and like the guys like made me just feel like, you know, like big dick energy that season. And like, like I said, I, I only played 26 games, but like I had the best stats in the league. I was the top going to NHL that year. And so, um, I think that was the biggest reason, to be honest. Yeah, and ha having that confidence as a goalie, like, you need that confidence, that, like, good confidence, because if you have that confidence, like, you could run – you'll run through a wall for, for anyone, and it'll just help your help your game even even more. And instead of, like, if you're, like, doubting yourself, and like like you said, right. like, you, you felt like you belonged there. It's, like, just having that confidence and that sense of belonging, like – it definitely like fuels yeah, you like, a little bit more to get to that like level. Peacock and you know, it's like, all right, fuck, let's go. You know? Let's go. We got, we yeah. got this. We're gonna keep going, keep going, keep chugging along. Yeah. And uh, throughout that year in Milwaukee, like you put up insane numbers, and you also got in a goalie fight that year. So, hmm. Like, was that has that been like your only goalie fight that you've ever been in? That's the only goalie fight I have. I have plenty of tilts, but that's the only goalie fight I've gotten. I, yeah, it, was, it was square off of center ice too right uh yeah that one that one was a good one um but he came with me like i i didn't provoke that fight um but i was we were losing five to one so i was already in a bad mood and he came at me and i'm like well you just made a bad decision <laughs> um <laughs> So, because yeah, I, I I remember watching that that fight a long time ago, like when it first when it first happened, and like I think it was against Ida Calio in, in yeah. Cleveland, I believe. Yep. Do you, how many how many other how many other tilts do you have like besides like a goalie tilt? Like how many tilts have you been in? I got eight um, total, but they're all against forwards. Were they all in like the SB in the coast? Yeah. <laughs> what What was the what were some of the stories along to to getting into tilts with forwards i don't know i'm i can get grumpy um but i don't like when uh i don't like when people try and like pull moves on like breakaways and stuff like go between their legs and stuff like that yeah. it's like trying to embarrass me it's like i'll come right after you like you know um but in the esp it's like no one there's nine fights a game like it's like not a big deal to get in a fight in the sp but in the a the only other one i almost fought um i love marky like jacob markstrom he wanted to go one time and the game was like two nothing i had a shutout going i was playing the ahl for rockford and i was like i need my stat line like i would love <laughs> to fight you but i i i need this shutout like i'm trying to get up to the blackhawks and so we were joking after the game about, it. I was like, dude, I would love to like, cause like, even when I fought Sammy, like I played him the next day. I'm like, you're good. Like we were fine. Like it's not personal in hockey yeah. usually. And so, um, I was, but we were joking after he was like, I would have loved to like had, had a round with you, but it was like, 
I need that shutout on my stats, you know. All, all about getting the getting the shutout. If you have a shutout, no way I'm fighting. Yeah, no. If someone yeah, scores, then we all come down there and we can rip it up. But um, but as long as I have a shutout, no. If they score, we can go. Yeah. Yeah, but then uh, you finished that year off in Milwaukee and you impressed the Blackhawks with the uh, 13-62 record that you put up where you finally get an NHL job with the Blackhawks in 2014-2015. So, like, what was that feeling like of getting your first NHL contract? It was awesome. I mean, like I said, I'm from Chicago. I, they're my favorite team, still a huge fan of theirs. Um so there were other teams I could have signed with, but the second the Hawks came in the picture, it was like, I don't care about how much they're going to pay me. Like it's your hometown team, sign it, sign it, like just sign it. And yeah, it was wild. And like, I had to tell, um, cause I used to train in Boston. I trained in Boston for 13 summers and I called my dad and I was like, he was driving and I was like, pull over. And he was like, why? What's wrong? What's wrong? I was like, are you pulled over? And I told him that I signed for the Blackhawks. And he cried. It was adorable. Um, but um, yeah, so that was the coolest like day ever. Like yeah. as being a Blackhawks fan, like my entire life. So yeah, and then you go into you. It's just it was a special year that year for you and the Hawks, where you guys end up winning the winning the Stanley Cup that year in 2014, 2015. So like, what was that season like, and just being able to just ride it all the way up until the Stanley Cup final to finally win the Stanley Cup? I mean, it was. I mean, it's a fucking Disney film. Like, it's got. To, I went up and down, up and down a little bit, and I came up February like full-time you know i love anti ranta he's a great guy great goalie um but we switched places uh he went to rockford i went up and you know played my 14 games played well uh q loved me q's the best joe quinville he's a great 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 human to this day we're still close um and he loved me and he trusted me so that's why i got to stay up there and you know play and, uh, you know, getting to play in the playoffs where it's like most backups don't play in the playoffs. So yeah. I got to play the first round, um, you know, support Corey and Corey came back in and Crow played amazing. And, you know, the rest is history fucking won the whole the whole shebang. Yeah. And like you uh, like you said, you get to play in the playoffs in the first round, like you get you come in relief in, I believe, two or three games where Hawks already down three nothing just to be there and support support Corey throughout that time. It's like what what's your mindset when you do come into a game like that and you guys are down three nothing? It's just your job to just try to change that energy. Well, my mindset in that game was just stop the bleeding, try and keep it close. And then all of a sudden we tied it up, scored three goals in the beginning of the second period. And so then I'm like, fuck, it's on. It's like it's my game now. Like, you know. I, I came in just thinking like, well, just don't let it get out of hand, you know? Yeah. Um, but then we tie it up, but like, all right, it's my game now. Um, and then, you know, I had a pretty good uh, night there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> longest shutout relief performance in history, I believe. 
Um, so pretty good. No big deal. Not a big deal. Yeah, not a big deal. Yeah, that's my claim to fame. Yeah, and like so, like throughout, like you go throughout the entire playoff series, playoff rounds. Like, when was the point where you're like we could end up as Stanley Cup champions? I don't know. I never tried to get ahead of myself, but I'll never forget when um, Kaner scored the second goal game six against Tampa. Like that's when it clicked. Cause there was only a few minutes left. We were up to nothing. And I was just like, Oh my God, like this is going to happen. Like in my wildest dreams, I could never, yeah. like I said, I'm a Hawks fan. My, you know, my family went to the parades in 2010. So I, was, I watched 2013 with my mom at her house. Like, you know, then 2015, it's like, I'm on the team and I get to bring my family on the ice and, you know, sorry, it makes me like emotional. Just like thinking about, um, you know, taking them on the bus. Like they were in the parade, not at the parade. You know, it was uh, very, very cool. Yeah, it's a whole whole different feeling than when you when you're watching two years before and then you're actually in it in the parade, just on the team and everything, and you're holding the Stanley Cup in 2015. It's like, what was it like to raise that cup when you when you got the chance to lift it? I don't even remember, man. People have asked me that. I I don't the, like the adrenaline, like I like blacked out on it. Like I don't remember who handed me the cup. There's no video of it. Just I don't know, just pure euphoria, like. Yeah, and like you're you're probably just thinking like, fuck yeah, like this is what I've dreamed of, and like how far you've come, like that's that's probably like all you're thinking at the time, and you just it's then you just black out. Yeah. So then you spend a, a couple more years with the Hawks before you go on to Carolina, and then you finally go into play to play overseas in Europe in the in the Ebel with Innsbruck. So. What was your time in Innsbruck and just uh, experience like a different culture and a different style of hockey? Um, I mean, Innsbruck was fine. Um, I loved the city. I loved living there. It was, it's, it's like a majestic little mountain town in the Alps. Um, uh, the hockey was garbage, um, but it's very different also because players in Europe, like they, they don't shoot. Yeah. They just pass like it's fucking wild. Like someone could be on a breakaway and they're going to pass the puck. I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. And I'm trained in, you know, North American hockey. So it took me a few games um, to like get used to it. So like as a goalie, all I did was like, I took like two steps back in my crease because I had to go side to side so much. Yeah. That like I backed up a little bit. So my side to sides were like less like far and uh yeah it was it was something but i mean i love the experience but my i played for the worst team in the league so i was getting like peppered um but yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't change it i i, I loved it there and whatever but like i said it was that hockey was dog shit but it was fun to fun it it wasn't even comparable to playing in the yeah. NHL. And yeah. Because so, I could have went to Russia, but I, I didn't. Uh, too many horror stories from the KHL. Uh-huh. So yeah, I was I've like, heard, I've heard plenty of those. And yeah, I was like, I'll take a vacation here in, uh, in Austria over than going to Chelyabinsk. So <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and like the the views and like you have the Alps right there. Like the the views must have been insane. Like you just look out your window, go anywhere, and like just see the Alps and the mountains, and you're just like, yeah, this is probably a better spot than going over uh over to the KHL. The fucking Chernobyl, yeah. So, no, I loved it, but it was fun. But you know, yeah. Was there like a was it like a big culture shock going from north from North America over here to to Europe and Innsbruck, or was it? kind of similar no it was fine i mean most people speak english and pretty good with languages so i learned german when i was there um so i could converse with the locals out of respect but they mostly spoke english um that's at least good yeah it wasn't a culture shock but it was just cool i like the i love europe like the way of life like you know it's slower pace like everyone's kind of like chilling you know restaurants close from two to five and they open up again so everyone go have a fucking nap in between their work you know what i mean um and the people were great i mean yeah no complaints like i have so many friends now from that team that's like they've been playing there for 10 years like they don't want to leave they just they're just playing around the i think it's called the ice league now it's not the ebl anymore yeah Uh, i think it's like the i i see I sell I see I see HL something like that. Yeah. So um no, it was a great experience. Like I said, my team sucked and we were terrible and I got shit kicked most nights, but um I love living there. Yeah, as, as long as you love living there, like that's like you might be getting shit kicked, but like living there, you can't can't come come with anything better. No, I was on top of a mountain every day by 1230 after practice having a schnitzel. It was, it was the best. Yeah, that that's unreal. So like throughout like the throughout your career, like looking back at your career, like what are some tips that you'd give to like younger goals looking to get to that next level, whether it be uh, youth to junior, junior to college, college to pro or junior, junior to pro or where, wherever they are? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I got two. OK, so goalies hate working on skating. It's boring working on your skating, your footwork. It sucks. It's hard to do. Do it. It's the biggest, it's the foundation for good goaltending. Trust me, I'm the same way. Like I hated doing it, but I I did it. And maybe like a great skater. And the second thing I'd say is be nice, be nice to people, treat everyone well, because you never know which person you need somebody on your team to like bring you up. Like you need somebody to bring you in so just always treat people with respect be professional even if you're a kid fucking be nice to people like just i mean it's simple as that like treat people well because you never know which person is going to be the one who's going to like bring you along with them you know so work on your skating and fucking be a good person that's that's all i can offer yeah, and hockey is such like the circle for hockey is such a small world. Like you never know you who knows who knows each other. Quick. Yeah, yeah, and like everyone knows each other at some point in their career. And like if you want them to to help you, you better fucking be nice. Yeah, just treat people with respect and be nice to everybody. And you know, like I said, it'll for me it it actually helped me a lot to not be a fucking shit like a bad person like some random person I never knew was going to be influential in my life. Like, cause they liked me, respected me for how I treated them. 
brought me like, you know, along the way. So. Yeah. You know, never know where it could take you and you just gotta be nice and be a good person. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I have a few more questions for you before we wrap things up here. So, uh, what has been like some of the best barns that you've played in, in the, in the NHL? In the NHL, it's, um, I love playing in the Canadian cities. Um, pretty much all of them, except for Ottawa is pretty boring. Um, doesn't have the same like energy, but any of the Canadian cities, um, in the U S it's fun to play in Nashville. Nashville is a lot of fun to play in. Um, Obviously, MSG in New York is fun to play in. Those are probably my favorites in the U.S. Yeah, those those are those are some good picks. Like whenever you watch games on TV, like those always have like a great energy to play in, and, and like it's just great to great to see. Especially like have, you haven't you didn't you weren't in the NHL when Vegas came into play, right? Yeah, it was. Did did you play there? Yeah. How how was how was that energy? Because I've heard like that's like a top notch energy building as well. Yeah, it's it's a unique one because no one there is from Vegas. Like, so it's it's a unique vibe. Like, <laughs> my dogs are fucking. <laughs> what are you squeaking about? <laughs> oh, I got a lot of mouth. Um, but it's a unique vibe because like no one's actually like a. Las Vegas, like local, like fan, yeah. and so it's just it's it's just different, but it's so vibrant. Like they have the whole show, like it's it has the biggest like you know Cirque du Slave thing going yeah. on. So it's it's a cool place to play, but also every time you play there, you're just waiting to get out of the rink so you can go <laughs> go hit up the strip. Go, you know? Yeah, exactly. And go go to the casinos. Go hit up the strip. Like just anything outside of the of the ring because Vegas is such a such a show yeah yeah but then uh who like throughout like your time with the Hawks like who is like your best friend on the team best friend on the team I don't know I mean I was close with a lot of people um I don't know if I could you know coin a best friend I mean favorite people like I love Corey Crawford um Brent Seabrook I mean all like I said I can't pick one like I had so so many of the guys we're still close to this day like they're just great I was lucky that I can't think of one guy well I can't think of one I'm not going to say it on here out of the two and a half years I played there that I didn't like love um so but as a backup like I got to spend a lot of time with like the scratches. Like we had to stay out and practice after. Yeah. So David Runblad was one of my best boys on the team. Um, Cause he was always healthy and, you know, so we had to stay out for an extra hour after every day, like my whole career. Um, but so he was a beauty, but yeah, I, I can't pick like one, but there was so many great guys that I played with in Chicago. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I'm just like, when you get close with a team like that, like every like you can't pick one. Like everyone's like a best friend at that point. Yeah, and that's why and that's why we won. I think because like we would go through a wall for each other, all of us. It's like if somebody said something or like attacked Jonathan Taves, I would commit murder in public for him. You know what yeah. I mean? 
And so, but we were all like that with each other. And that's how, like, we went to war in the playoffs. Like we literally, it's like, we went to war and that's why we all, pulled, you know, we pulled it off. Like we fucking did it. You know, the, the best teams are the ones that stick together and will go through a brick wall or any wall for, for each other and go to battle for each other. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah, and then my final question for you is: Looking back at your career, if there's one thing you would you could change, what would it be? I'd be better at goaltending. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't change a thing, man. I had such a fun ride; like it was obscure and like not how it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah. But I wouldn't change a thing. I I mean, unless I could be better at goaltending, but it's like no, I. I was so fortunate and I'm so grateful that I got to, you know, play 11 years of professional hockey. Like yeah. it's, it's my dream since I was four years old. And so I'm, I'm so grateful. I know there's ups and downs, but like even being like playing poorly in Carolina, like, you know, it's still, I got to play for the Carolina hurricanes. Like I got to play for the Chicago Blackhawks. Like, I got to do all this stuff. It's like, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm so fortunate and so grateful for all of it. Yeah. And like, like you, like a lot of people like would say like through the ups and the downs, like there's nothing I would change. Like I would go through those again, just to have the career I did and just to be playing professional hockey again. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm just grateful. Like it's, it, I still like, I have to pinch myself sometimes that I actually got to do that for 11 years even though, you know, you're playing the SP and then, you know, you're doing the thing and living in all these cities. It's like, you know, most people don't get to experience like a fraction of that. And so I'm, I got no regrets when it comes to my hockey career. Yeah, that that's awesome. Well, Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time and I hope you had a ton of fun and I look forward to following your uh, comedy work the rest of the way and what you do with Barstool. All right. Sounds good, brother. And no problem. Thanks for coming on. It was a blast. And if you ever want to come on again, you know where to find me. All right.